Oh, that's so fun. I love that I have my own theme song. I feel so famous. Um, yeah, obviously my mum will be the only person listening to this, but that's cool because I am feeling myself. Oh my God, maybe I'll even get a record deal out of this if I keep singing. <clears throat> Sorry, I have a cold. That's why that sounded um, like that. It's not because I'm, I have a shit voice, obviously. Sorry, what are we doing? Welcome, I'm your host, Kirsty, and thank you for joining me on the very first episode of Reality TV and me, me being Kirsty. I wanted to call it, well, I also thought about calling it Reality TV and Kirsty, but you have to kind of say it with a bit of a, I don't know, a rhythm to it. So I thought, I don't know how to make people do that. <laughs> and so I just thought, let's keep it simple for the masses. Not that my listeners are simple in any way, and I will not be treating you as such. In fact, what I have found, even though we are a highly judged community of people, those of us who love and worship reality TV, we tend to be some of the most fun, fascinating, interesting people I've ever met. And the reason we've come to it generally from the conversations I've had are so they're so widespread. Like people come to it through to reality TV as like a, as escapism usually, right? Because it's, you know, so uh, it's so brainless. Like I want to, when I watch TV, I want to lose brain cells. That's my intention. So if, you know, Vanderpump rules every single Real Housewives series and, you know, uh, love after lock up 90 day fiance before the 90 days, the other one's shit, obviously. I mean, I'm still going to watch it, but you know, if those kinds of things, you know, make me dumber, then they're doing their job. I'm a happy girl. So people come to these kinds of shows, like for me, example, after like my major spinal surgery, I was bed bound for, you know, at least three months, three to six months. And you know, what, what the fuck are you going to do with your day? Twiddle your thumbs and cry into your, you know, I don't know, kiwi fruit. That's so random. That was like the only fruit I would eat. (laughs) And yes, I did cry on many a kiwi fruit, but is that all I want to remember that time for? No, I want to remember that time as watching nine hours a day of the hills and alternating with celebrity rehab or celebrity, what was it? The sex rehab. (laughs) Dr. Drew and I go way back. So, you know, this is how I spent my days. Save me from like so much anguish and so much emotional turmoil, which is obviously still very prevalent, but you know, helps a little bit and distracts you a little bit. And, um, yeah, I've heard heaps of stories of people finding it through grief, helping them out through grief. You know, it's a distraction when they've lost people or breakups and whatever. Even if you just watch it while you're cooking dinner, it's, it's fun. Um, and if you don't like it, this is not going to be for you. You don't belong here. Switch off. Bye. Um, and yeah, so that's essentially what I'm going to be doing. Cause none of all my friends are just so, oh, I don't know, way too highbrow, um, to watch reality TV. So I am literally my, the way that I get to let out my frustration and like all of the information I've absorbed and, you know, like 
how Jack's just fucking engaged, got engaged to Britney finally, and is that a good idea? Or um, Vicky Gumbelson's new face, like seventh new face, and hashtag amazing. Um, I don't have anyone that knows who those people are to talk to about that. So I'm going to talk into a void, as I want to do, um, about myself and reality TV, my two favorite things in the entire world. So that's what this is about. Um, yeah, because as it stands, honestly, if I'm at a bar and I, you know, have a couple of drinks in me, I just grab randoms and start throwing information at them about Real Housewives of OC and, you know, Tamara Judge and worrying about Eddie and his heart surgeries. And I, I mean, I have seen uh, so, so many blank faces staring me back with, like absolutely like are you talking about your friends is this your family um well yes they are they're my best friends in the entire world and they're the cast of the real housewife franchise andy cohen um he's <laughs> doing the lord's work but if they don't know who they are they just think i'm some psycho bitch in a bar that's drunkly screaming at them about my friend's you know fifth heart surgery which i am I'm not not denying that, but I know that there are people in this world that share my passion and share my friendship with these people. And those are the people I want to connect with. So if that's you, sign on the dotted line, motherfucker. So I guess that's where we're at. Um, Let's jump into V-Pump. So um, just quickly, I guess, we'll touch on the fact that um, Lisa Vanderpump has sort of been MIA um, in the new, uh, according to, you know, the socials, in the new season of, upcoming season of um, Beverly Hills, um, because, well, I don't know, it's sort of been popping up here and there on, um, like, Lisa, I know Lisa Brina has been commenting about it and whatnot, um, but reason being that she lost her brother and she he died by suicide so I mean it's it's really tragic and I think they should all cut her some slack Lisa's um Lisa Rinna's chiming in saying and look I love Lisa Rinna here for her all day but you know she's chiming in saying oh well you know I've lost a sibling and you know um other people are uh, Aileen saying, you know, oh, well, she lost her mum while she was on TV and she still, while she was filming and they still filmed. And I mean, everyone's different. That's all I can say. Like Lisa doesn't show her emotions. She doesn't like to be, you know, vulnerable in that way. That's just who she is. And if she doesn't want to film for five weeks because her brother commits suicide, like fucking hell, let the girl rest. I haven't had a job in two years because I'm still recovering from loss. Like, it's really hard and everyone deals with it in different ways. Some people, back to work the next week. I'm not that person. Lisa is not that person. Well, even even still, she is. She's running three bloody restaurants. She's looking after the Vanderpump Rules kids. You know, like, trying to wrangle their sorry asses into gear. They're basically all her children. She actually has two children. Um, you know, she's got like 17 dogs. She got swans in her front yard. She's got bloody ponies in the backyard. And then she's on two reality TV shows. Um, give the girl a fucking break. Like if she needs a breather, she needs a breather. I'm all for it. So she's kind of 
relating to Lala um, when she walks in in this new season, the first episode of VP. And, um, you know, they are sort of giving each other a nice little cuddle bonding because, um, you know, obviously Lisa's talking about the loss of her brother. Lala's lost her dad, um, which is, you know, kind of tugs at my heartstrings because she lost her dad at 27. I was 27 when my dad died. So it's, you know, there's, it's all kind of a little bit close to home. And um, she's obviously still processing that. Jack's lost his dad mid-season as well, which, you know, Tom Sandoval was kind of like, well, is that the reason you want to propose to Brittany? Um, you can't just propose to someone because they're there for you during a loss. Um, yeah, you can't. What the fuck is he talking about? The whole te- like point of a- You can't just be in a relationship during the happy times. The test of a relationship is during the bad times. And... They have well and truly been tested. Honestly, I don't know what he's talking about. I think he's just jealous because Ariana doesn't want to marry him and she doesn't believe in that shit and blah, blah, blah. And he's just jelly belly because he's been with Ariana for longer than Jackson and Brittany have been together and he wishes Ariana would put a ring on it. So I don't know. I think, I think that's an idiotic statement because... And Jax is just like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. Of course I'm going to marry her because she helped me through a hard time. Like obviously like I mean, they're meant to be I don't know I know like the whole world hates Jax but I am here for him I have the biggest soft spot for Jax I mean I think the way <laughs> this whole proposal oh my god honestly it was like a fucking shit show and it was laughable and I'll go into it but just in general I love Jax like and I think I, I have to because I relate to him, unfortunately, on way too many levels. You know, there was that um, oh, Stasi's podcast when she interviewed him and did like the sociopath test and he got like 100%. I don't think Jax is a sociopath, um, but I do think he's incredibly narcissistic and potentially has borderline personality disorder, which is where I can relate. I do see a lot of similarities with that. But then I think there are lots of similarities between borderline and narcissism. And I don't want to identify myself as a narcissist because um, that would suck balls. But um, yeah, so I don't know. He has, he has some, he definitely has some things to work on, which I think he is trying to do. But at the end of the day, I really think if he eased off the coke, he would probably be in a much better position because half the time he's very volatile and erratic. And I'm like, dude, you've just like, you've just buzzed out of your head. You're about to blow, son. So if he just like cools it a little bit, like last season when he stopped like partying so much and was seeing that, you know, Reiki masters or whatever, like he was doing better. And I think he was probably just drinking less and using less and it looked good on him for real. So I don't know. Well, we shall see. Maybe if like Brittany gets pregnant, then they can, you know, have this beautiful, wholesome laugh together, which, yeah, you should really not. That's like the worst advice ever. Do not put your life goals in a baby basket. But Anyway, so let's get into this proposal, which was the most tragic proposal I've ever seen. So they go to this, like, first of all, they're in the car, um, which is basically just like an Uber on the way to some, like, shabby the crab shack or something. I don't know. It was on the water. It looked like 
I mean, the first thing you see when you go in are like the porta potties and Jax runs in <laughs> to readjust the ring because it's crushing his ball sack. Oh yeah, that's what he told us. But on the, in the car on the way there, he doesn't um, want Brittany to know that he's nervous. So he's sort of just like babbling bullshit. And the first thing that came to his mind to like distract her from, I don't know, how weird he might be being is like, oh yeah, I need to, I need to take a shit or I need to poop or something. What? I'm sorry, but forevermore, like that's on TV now that on the, like right before you propose the happiest moment of your fiance's life is that telling her that you need to poo. I mean, and then running into a porta potty (laughs) as soon as you get out of the car. I can't, I die. I can't. (laughs) it actually killed me and I loved it (laughs) oh Jax Jax and Brittany um they just make me so happy as a couple because they're just meant to be like she is the only person who would be that understanding to put up with his absolute bullshit I don't know I don't know what to do with him I don't think he's like a sex and love addict. I think he's a serial cheater and a sex pest because he's deeply insecure and it helps him sort of um, feel like he's in control of when he might be feel like when he feels rejected or like his relationship's not going to plan or whatever, not to make excuses for his shitty actions, which there have been many. And Brittany is a saint and a sweetheart. And yes, obviously she could do better. But I think she is one of very few people who understands that about Jax, that it is not a personal attack on her if if he cheats or if he fucks up or if he lies. Because, um, and I think that's a really rare quality in a person. And I think that that's pretty amazing on her part. Like she is one of the strongest people I've ever seen. If I like had the season she had last season, I would have like literally just been in the fetal position crying and screaming the entire time. Um, when I wasn't like, you know, like, I don't know, wrapped up in like some kind of like vodka haze or something, I would just be a total mess. And she kept it together and she is still there for him and supporting him and loving on him. And I think that, you know, I think it's nice. I don't know. Maybe I'm naive or maybe I'm just biased because I see myself in Jax, which is a really sad thing to admit. <laughs> Literally the worst person that's ever been on TV. But yeah, I think it's nice. Um, But let's like pivot on Jax for a second. He is a little bit fucking batshit at the moment. Like, aside from his regular batshittiness, he is, like, randomly abusing the cast of 90 Day Fiancé at the moment. Like, what? Why? He, <laughs> it's so weird. He's, like, jumping on their DMs and abusing Jay. Um, the I haven't been watching the new season, so I'm not that good with their names at the moment. Because I can't access, um, I'm in the UK at the moment and I haven't found anywhere that I can access um, the show to stream it, which is absolutely killing me. If anyone knows, oh my God, please hit me up. But yeah, I'm, I'm struggling with that. I'm in withdrawals. But um, apparently it's like a really tragic season anyway and not so fun. So I'm surviving on listening to podcasts about it. But yeah, I do wish I could watch it. Anyway, so yeah, Jax is like jumping on Instagram and DMing and abusing and like all like um 
specifically Jay, the Jamaican kid um, that's married, like marrying the blonde girl with the two kids from 90 Day Fiance. So weird. Like, why? Like, you have literally nothing to do with each other apart from the fact you're both on reality TV shows. You're on different networks. Like, you have no competition. You're not rolling in the same circles. That would literally just be, like, me getting on Instagram and abusing this random guy. Like, why? What, like, what, what purpose does it serve for you? He is like, oh, my God, you only have, like, 10,000 Instagram followers. Like, Jack says, like, hundreds of thousands. Yeah, because your show's been going for, like, way longer and is on a way bigger network and is way more popular but also who cares <laughs> it's like what the fuck are you talking about Jax I don't know I think he was I think he's just losing it I, I don't know maybe he's trying to stay relevant because he's like pushing 40 oh my god is it his 40th birthday this season I hope so that would be amazing I don't know anyway so that's sort of where we stand with Jack's oh yeah and the actual proposal oh my god so at first we're in it like this like like sh- like crab shack kind of bullshit you know fish place and then they order the food and Jack's like what like yelling at the server like when's the food gonna be ready when's the food gonna-? and it's really important I need to know specifically when the food's ready and they're like well I don't know and he's just like rah like losing his mind and um and Brittany's just like, ha, 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 oh, Jax, you're so silly. And so she goes and sits down. And um, then his number gets called for the food or whatever. And he goes over to, like, the wrong station. Or I guess the food got delivered to a different station than he was expecting. So he goes to this different window. And just starts abusing the guy in there. He's like, give me a tray. Just give me a tray. Just give me a tray. And he gets this empty tray off this poor waiter. He's probably, like, shivering in his boots. And puts the ring box on top of the tray and just walks over to Brittany. Like, he made it sound like the timing was so important. Like, you know, everything needed to be perfect because something, like, I don't know, some guys are going to come out with, like, little mandolins and start, like, playing a little tune. And it was all going to be romantic and all this shit would happen. No. He just walks over with his little plastic tray, drops to a knee and goes, Will you be my wife? (laughs) be my wife (laughs) what an idiot I can't it was just so bad I mean like I said Brittany is a saint she deserves like especially after last year she this should have been a moment like no wonder they put this in the first episode and didn't drag it out to the last like this was not a proposal this was just like him like spewing it out will you marry me in like the like two seconds flat and then her crying and it being over like she deserves some beautiful, like, rant and soliloquy about how, like, beautiful and wonderful and patient and kind and, you know, all of this shit that she is because she has put up with everything from him. And basically, he just, like, yelled, marry me in her face and ran away. It was, it was everything. I loved it. But yeah, I would, um, I was, I would slap a bitch. I hope she dragged him home by his ear and was like, um, okay, yes, I'll marry you, but you need to redo that shitty proposal because that was unacceptable. Anywho, speaking of, um, Brittany and Jax, so (laughs) the other scene we get from Jax is him running into, I think it's Sir, one of the restaurants, and basically, um, just like straight up to James, who is you know, doing his DJ set on See You Next Tuesday up in the, um, you know, the, the 
the disc jockey box. Fuck, I don't know. The, <laughs> I don't know what you call it. The wicker wicker. Anyway, so he starts like yelling at James. James is just like, what you mean? What's going on? What can I do? Uh. And Jax is just like losing his mind, telling him that. Um, so apparently James did a rap off camera, um, I don't know, a few days ago, a few weeks ago, whatever, about and referenced Britney and the cheating scandal of last year with Jax and what's her name. And um, so he was, you know, brought that up in a rap in the song. Okay, whatever, bit of a diss rap. Like, who cares? And, like, Britney's like, yeah, I was crying and everything. And she's gone on and told, told Jax and, you know, made it a huge thing. I mean, we didn't hear it, so I'm not invested. I don't care. But what was really interesting to me was that Jax was then saying to um, James that he wasn't going to, you know, invite him to any of the events over the summer. And James was devo, and he was just like, Ma, but why? Oh, I don't know. I mean, but why? No. Oh, fuck. James is the English one. Brittany's the southern one. Uh, no, can't find the accent right now. It, oh, there it is. I can't find the accent right now. I'm James. La, 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 la. Shine your shoes, governor. Okay, good. We're in. So, basically, um, because Jax was saying that, it's essentially saying he's not going to let James film. So, if he doesn't let James be invited... Because, let's, let's face it, Jax has more, carries more weight on the show than James does. And if Jax is organizing a lot of the events of the summer or has, you know, control over the other guy's opinion, which he probably does, um, you know, if he doesn't want James to come to stuff, James won't come and therefore James can't film and therefore James is not on the show. And that is a problem. So that would really fucking suck. And I think that's really what um, Jax was saying when he implied that, you know, James wasn't going to be invited to any events that summer or flat out said it rather. Um, so yeah, that's basically that part of it. I love James. I think he's like a useless little weedy, you know, kind of lost boy. And I really love that Raquel can see Like I heard her refer on another podcast. I heard her referred to as a cardboard cutout of a human being and no more accurate statement has ever been made about a person. She is just literally like, a pretty face but even still there are prettier faces no offense oh my god call me farm but seriously no I'm not I don't feel her I I don't know why we still are watching her like move along we don't care Raquel why what else oh yeah it really offended me when Lala started talking about her weight and like she was like I like it when I'm between 120 and 125 or whatever exactly she said she's like I like it when I can feel my booty bounce um I had to google how much 125 pounds is because I work in kilos it is a nothing it's like between like 50 54 kilos or something you cannot feel a butt bounce at 50 kilos girl bye please step off eat a fucking burger it really annoyed me because if you're you know, if you have like body image issues or if you have had eating disorders in the past or you currently have one, hearing specific numbers, like, look, we have to put up with how skinny and gorgeous these girls are all the time anyway. And then we have to put up with like Katie being abused for being fat, even when she's like, like a totally normal, slim body shape last season. Like that really annoyed me. 
So to hear like, you know, actual numbers being mentioned, that's extremely triggering for someone with an eating disorder. It gives them like a goal like that. Those numbers are if your if your goal was previously like 60 kilos, well, you've just allowed someone to drop it to 50 kilos because of your 125 pounds. And I really hate that they showed that. It's not on Lala because girls talk like that. Unfortunately, I try not to like talk too much about like actual numbers, but, um, you know, it happens, but it really annoyed me that they showed that shit. Yes, I know they've shown so much worse stuff over the years, but it's like a personal trigger for me. So like I noticed it and it pissed me off. Aside from that, she's like, okay, now I can men- like now that my, like his divorce is final, I can finally mention my man's name. Oh my God. If I hear her say my man one more fucking time, I would have seriously like ripped my own ears off just to not have like hear it again. I was about to lose my mind like the last couple of seasons hearing my man, my man, my man. Like I don't care. Like seriously. Um, yeah, so then we got to learn in inverted commas because we all know his fucking name is Randall. So yeah, basically she was the catalyst to his divorce. He has two young children. That's why she was hiding it for years. And I just, I don't like, whatever. If you want to date an older man that buys you cars and pays for your bloody condo, I don't care, whatever. Like I would love to fly in a private plane, but I mean... I just don't like that it was kind of like publicized in the way that it was because yes, there was a cheating scandal. People fall in love, like shit happens. I get it. But, um, I just think about like his wife, like watching that on, like she wouldn't have got, I'm sure she wouldn't have gone out of her way to watch the show that, you know, she knew this was going on on, but say like her friend sent her a clip or she got caught out on TV or something, whatever she'd seen a bit. She must have. That would really fucking suck to see this little 25-year-old, like, (coughs) excuse me, like, laughing and so happy with your husband. Like, I I don't know. That would be, like, a gutter punch. I I couldn't. So I'm sort of, like, cooling my loins on Lala a little bit because I used to love her. I thought she was the feminist hero that we never, like, knew we needed. And now I just sort of feel like I'm... Okay, what else? Just quickly. Um, yes, Tom and Tom are useless again. Yawn, I'm bored. Um, I love Tam- Tom Sandoval. The other one, number two, is a number two. Aha! I'm so funny. Yeah, just so bored of him. I don't care. He's an alcoholic. Like, no one, no one's interested. You're boring. You're basic. Next. And then Jack's using his inheritance to buy that ring. Okay, first of all, they said it cost 70 grand. No, this guy has had so much promo. This ring jeweler guy had so much promo from this show for like the last few seasons. I mean, with Katie and Tom getting married and whatnot, like this ring, I mean, he would have at least got 50% off. I don't know. I don't know how that shit works, but yeah, it's basically paying for himself. Plus if it, if, if by any shadow of a doubt, like it did cost, um, 70 grand, then I mean, why would you spend that much money on a fucking ring? For some reason, all of you kids are on a reality show and you're still fucking poor. I don't know who wrote up the contract that you signed at the start of like six years ago, but for whatever reason, y'all still poor. 70 grand, you could use that. Buy a fucking house. Put a deposit down. 
like put it to if you want kids put it toward their university or you know health insurance I don't know do something with it I don't know I think like that part particularly like hits me a little bit more I'm a little bit more sensitive about that just because like I've been you know not entirely but I have been living off a lot of my dad's inheritance the last two years and you know I've been able to travel the world in that time and you know like experience so much I've probably been to like six different countries multiple cities like you know it's been incredible and like the amount of personal growth I've had like granted you can do more I'm not in a relationship I'm not you know he's kind of stuck in one place because they're tied down you know to this tv show and whatever but I don't know man like I just it's not it's not my style and I guess that's like you know, everyone's different, but I just, like, I just wouldn't change my experience for the world. Like, I, you know, you could buy me 50 diamond rings and, you know, like, I wouldn't, this experience has been, like, so life-changing. So, for me, that's hard to relate to and kind of makes me grumpy, but, um, but that's just meh. Maybe he can afford to do both. I don't know. If I could have, like, a shiny ring and travel the world, sure, I'm not gonna say no. But, yeah, if it's one or the other, mm, I think I might go to Italy instead. Anywho, I think I might do Atlanta in another podcast. I'm living for Portia right now um, and her new beau. I think she is fucking hilarious and she's making me piss myself. I'm all about it. But, yeah, I think um, seeing as this is the first potty, I think we might just leave it at the one and build from there because yeah, I don't want them to be too long. Um, don't need you don't need me in your ear holes for an extended period of time. If you notice any bleeding, it's time to switch off and um, call your physician. So I think that's a wrap for me. Um, it's been really fun. I, I yeah, I think this is a. Uh, it's been really fun for me. I've noticed how long I can talk absolute shit into a void for um, in a room or by myself, and I'm loving it. Um, yeah, so definitely be back to do Atlanta probably within the week, and we'll just see how we go from there. I'm not ready to tell you I'll be releasing on this specific day every week or every couple times a week or whatever. I'm, you know, far too disorganized to be able to give you that kind of uh, information now, but if it ever gets to that stage where I am on the ball, um, hundo P, you'll be the first person I tell slash people, whether it's just my mom or, you know, there are a couple of stragglers listening out there as well. Um, anyway, so thank you so much. This has been Reality TV with me. Um, <laughs> that's, that's my other jingle in case I need a second one later. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm Kirsten Moore and I will be seeing you on the D floor. That's not gonna be my sign out. I yeah, I should I should never say that again. Bye! Oh yeah, and just a quick cue. Well I've got two. Um I guess if you like this, I'm not used to doing the whole like promo thing, so if you like this, or you like me, or you're 
Um, probably not if you hate me because that's just not going to be great for my self-esteem. Um, yeah, I guess just like let me know. I'll just use my regular face, my music Facebook and Insta at the moment. So the Facebook is just Facebook slash Kirsty with a Y more the double O music, Kirsty more music. And um, Insta is the handle is at uh, Kirsten more underscore music. So yeah, you can find me at either of those avenues and that's it from me.